0: let's get started. So to get started, uh, I want you guys to think about something. I want you to think about how much time in a day you spend thinking about God. I know that's a simple thing to think about, um, but in reality, it's a very important thing. And so, Honestly, be be real and think about it. How much time during your normal 24 hours when you have school, you have work, you have whatever you've got going on, how much of that time do you spend thinking about God? I'm not talking about praying. I'm not talking about reading scripture. I'm just talking all general encompassing, um, all of that included, how much time do you spend thinking about God? Because during our normal day, we have a lot of things that are necessary to think about. We have school, we have work, we have uh, interactions with other people, um, we have uh, places to be. There's a lot of things going on in our day that we are uh, required to think about that are necessary. <clears throat> Excuse me this that are necessary to think about. But if we're being honest at the same time, there's a lot of things during our day that are not necessary to think about that just kind of consume our lives and our time. They're things that uh, I wouldn't deem necessary. They're not the, the life-changing circumstances. Uh, but at the same time, we tell ourselves that those things are important. We tell ourselves that those things are necessary. And so... I want to take a day, I want to take a minute and assess what we spend our day thinking on. If we're being honest with ourselves and we look at our day and we look at what our week looks like, take a step back and assess how we spend our time and what we spend our time on and what we spend our time thinking about. So have you guys ever looked at um, on your phone, which I guess I can't speak for Apple because Apple is weak sauce, but on the Android Uh, I imagine Apple has it as well because they steal everything from Android anyway. Um, (laughs) On the Android apps, you can go in and you can look at your app usage. You can see uh, what percentage of your battery you've used on what apps on your phone. You can also see how much time you've spent on individual apps. And there was a point in time uh, uh, about a year ago that I got into there and I was looking at it and and it was a, a... Pretty typical average day for me, and I saw that I had been on Facebook for three hours in a 24 hour period. And it dawned on me because in my mind, I had only spent 15, 20 minutes on Facebook. But looking at the app, the app didn't lie. I had spent now it was snippets of five minutes here, five minutes there, maybe 10, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. But in a full 24 hour period, all those little snippets added up to about a three hour. Um, window in a 24-hour period that I had spent on Facebook. And I was just absolutely floored and dumbfounded and a little ashamed of it. And so I took a step back and I looked at that and I assessed that and I figured out ways in which I can change that. And so now instead of spending three hours on Facebook, I spend that same three hours uh, making memes instead because memes are way more important than Facebook is. And so if we take a step back and we look at our day and we assess uh, what we spend our time on, we can lay out our average day and we can begin to make small incremental changes to affect the rest of our lives. Because that three hours on Facebook wasn't just three hours on Facebook. It's, it, it, at surface value, it's this teeny little thing. But in reality, I was, my entire life, three hours per day was being consumed looking up and reading about other people's lives and the the picture-perfect life that they were presenting forward. It wasn't even their actual life. And so my social interaction with people began to be taken place by Facebook instead of a face-to-face conversation. And when you're only looking at the picture-perfect versions of what's going on in other people's lives, you begin to then compare yourself to their picture-perfect window that you're spending. And so I was spending three hours per day comparing my life, even though it was subconsciously, comparing my life to other people's lives. And seeing my life as inferior, seeing my life as uh, different, seeing my life as not as important, and it was all because... There was a three-hour window per day I was spending on Facebook. Man, that's a burden we don't need to be bearing. And so taking a step back and looking and and assessing how we spend our lives is critically important. And so in my opinion, the vast majority of our time should be spent on big-picture things, important things. And now sometimes uh, we can begin to say, hey, this is important, this is important, this is important. But in reality, those things aren't even really that important. And so what I'm getting at here is we need to be spending our time on big picture things. These are the things that will affect the rest of your life, will affect the rest of eternity. I'm not saying will affect your week. I'm not saying will affect the next 24 hours. I'm talking about big picture things that will affect the rest of eternity. And so, if you can't get where I'm getting at in this, what I'm saying is the most important thing that we should be spending our day in, and the most amount of time we should be spending our, time, or our day on, is thinking about God and more about God. Thinking about how God, uh, how his big picture interweaves into our lives. And so, what we usually suggest, if You're sitting here and you're saying either, I don't know a whole lot about God, or you're saying, I have a decent idea about God, but I can admit I would love to learn more about God. The first thing that we typically suggest in learning about God and so that you can fill your time more with God is to start reading a Bible, reading about God. And so if you don't have a Bible, we can get one in your hands. We have some free, no charge, Uh, just come and talk to me after service. But then, So when you get a book, typically the first place you want to start in a book, you don't usually plop it open right into the middle, you start right at the beginning. And so when we look at the Bible and we begin in the beginning, it starts off like this, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Good. I know it's simple, but I, I want to look at it, and I want to think about it. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Like that's a pretty cool way to spend your time, right? Creating heaven and earth. Like in comparison, what my three hours on Facebook, or my I should say, my three hours creating memes pales in comparison to this. God created the heaven and the earth. That's just, that's a huge thing, and it's so powerful. I think a lot of times we think about it, and it's easy to have this memorized, because in the beginning God created heaven and earth. It's easy to have this memorized, but it's uh, sometimes hard to really grasp how magnificent and how awesome this single uh, sentence really is, how powerful it is, how important it is, how uh, wonderful it is. And so when we really stop and take a second and, and take a little bit of time to really think about what this entailed, and there's, you know, if you continue, it talks about how God created the earth, but in, just even the, in the fact that he created, there's so much wonder in this. There's so much awe in this. There's so much to even think about this. But compared to this, everything that we do can sometimes seem pretty lame, feel like, Uh, we haven't done a whole lot because I, you know, I feel like super duper awesome accomplished when I'm able to actually binge an entire season of the office in one sitting without having to pause it to go to the bathroom. Like I'm getting old. It's a problem. That's accomplishment, right? But in comparison to this, obviously that pales, I know it's impressive. You guys are impressed. I can tell by the expressions on your faces how impressed you are with my binging of The Office and my three hours of meme-making. But what I was able to do yesterday, I was able to accomplish something that I think will actually cause awe and inspiration in you. I think you will actually take a step back and be like, holy cow, Tanner, you actually did something awesome yesterday. So yesterday, I was able to travel 584 million miles. No joke. In fact, while I am preaching this, right this second, I am right now traveling at 18.5 miles per second. In the time that it takes me to preach this sermon, I will have traveled around 33,300 miles. And that's just in my correlation to traveling around the sun. I know you guys are sitting there trying to calculate this, thinking, holy crap, this is going to be a long sermon. But I promise you, it's a lot shorter than you think it will be. If you start to think just a little bit bigger, yesterday I traveled 12.36 million miles through our galaxy. And right now, through our galaxy, I am currently traveling 143 miles per second, and I will have traveled 257,500 miles while preaching this sermon. Again, calm down. It's not going to be that long. Yesterday, I traveled 31.2 million miles. And while I am preaching, I am traveling at 361 miles per second. As in correlation to the way that our galaxy is traveling. That's like traveling from here to Grand Island faster than it took me to say Grand Island, 361 miles per second. I will have traveled from here to Grand Island faster than it took me to say Grand Island. I will have traveled 650,000 miles in the time that it took me to preach this sermon in the correlation um, to my travels through the universe as a part of the Milky Way galaxy. So if there's ever a day that you feel like you might have done absolutely nothing and you feel extremely lazy and that you didn't get anything accomplished. If you sit and wonder about the universe, the wonder of, of what we're able to accomplish just sitting on my couch, binge watching The Office, it's pretty legit. And yet, at the same time, all of this creation, everything that we've talked about, all of the traveling, all of the miles, all of the, the, the time, all of that mathematical stuff, our creation, us, humans, earth, is in such a delicate balance that any slight increase in speed, different degree of tilt, move us closer to the sun and we burn up, farther away and we all freeze. That's the greatness of this sentence. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. There's such a balance to it that if I take a second and I think about it, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And I think about that speed and that magnificent size. And the fact that it's so delicate, even as massive as it is, that it still has to just be put together perfectly. That's incredible. And so follow with me for a minute as I transition to Colossians 1 starting in verse 15. If you don't have a Bible, it's on the the board. Verse 15, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him... All things hold together. And keying in on that last part, in Jesus, all things hold together. Because this is about Jesus. All of creation was created for Jesus, through Jesus, and in Jesus all things are held together. I spent hours trying to understand this better. Trying to wrap my hand, my my hand, my hand and my head around what this means, how important this is, what it means to my life. And I can say as much time as I spent, even just trying to wrap my brain around this one paragraph, that I'm probably still one millionth of the way away from truly understanding the magnitude of this single piece of Scripture and what it means for me and what it means for us and what it means for Chi Alpha. It's extremely important. And I really do think that I could spend the rest of my life just trying to figure this out and still not get it fully. But if I'm saying anything tonight, what I'm saying is it's worth trying. This is worth trying to understand. Thinking about God is worth doing. And I know sometimes reading the Bible, reading Scripture, learning about God can be hard. It can be hard to understand the words you're reading, but what I'm saying is it's worth trying. Sometimes we just need to find a translation that's easier to understand. I suggest the ESV, the NIV, or if even those are hard for you to understand, maybe trying a more modern paraphrase translation like the Message Bible. But nonetheless, it is worth trying to understand God better. Because when you grow in wonder and you grow in awe of God, and the more you know him and the more you learn about him and the more you understand about him, the more you appreciate him. And you're able to take that appreciation of him and turn that into worship. And as you worship God, it helps you to think about God. And I think this is an extremely important thing to us in our lives. A.W. Tozer once said that what comes to mind as we think about God is the single most important thing about us. When you think about God, what do you think about? Do you think about hardship? Do you think about love? Do you think about Jesus? Do you think about maybe someone close to you who loved God? We need to find a way to learn about God in the way that he really is. Because how we think about God shapes who we are. If we really believe what we believe, what we say we believe about God, our entire lives have to revolve around it. And I'm going to say that again, because how we think about God shapes who we are. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, through Jesus, and for Jesus. It's easy to say all of that when we start thinking about life and we start practicing life and we start uh, living life and we begin to experience hardship. It becomes easy to turn our hardship and, and begin to um, shove that burden into a place that it shouldn't be and manifest that burden into uh, something that it shouldn't become. Because there is hardship in life, there is problems in life. There are a lot of times more problems than we have solutions when it comes to our lives. Sometimes you can get to the point where your life is so hard or confusing that you practically have a form of of uh, traumatic stress, where even your phone ringing causes you anxiety. Our life can get hard. Sometimes we get to the point where we're like Jonah and a plant is giving us shade one day and it withers the next and our response is, just kill me now, Lord. Life can chew us up and spit us out. And so sometimes when life has gotten so full of hardship and confusion and pain and loneliness and stress and busyness, that it becomes even hard to deal with the little things. So what do you do? What is your response? How do you respond to that where do you go when you can't even handle the small things let alone the big things and you just feel overwhelmed and life is overwhelming you you're burned out you're burned up and you just want to quit in those moments you need to go back to the biggest thing in your life and if it's not God you need to make him the biggest thing in your life and go back to Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Because that's my God. That's our God. That's the God that we serve here in Chi Alpha. Because I can't handle the little things, let alone the big things. But that's who my God is. He's the God who created everything. He was created through, everything was created through him, for him, in him. And he holds the universe together because as we transition when we begin to realize that if god can hold the entire universe together as i explained how fast we were traveling and the magnitude of the universe if god can hold and create create and then hold the universe together what else can he hold together he can hold us together he can hold you together He's the God who created the stars, who placed the earth the perfect distance away from the sun, who set the galaxy into motion. But so often we get so focused on our lives that we forget that the God of the whole universe holds us in his hands as well. And so again, when you can't handle the little things, go back to the biggest thing and think about God and worship him and thank him. Because it will help you to keep your focus on the right things. It will help you to handle the hardships. It will help you to be at peace. It will help you to have joy. It will help you to have better time management. It will help you to have more patience when life throws curveballs at you. Because remembering just how big God is, again, he doesn't just hold the universe together, he holds you together. And if you can realize and take a step back and realize that you're not alone, you're not abandoned, you're not forgotten, the God who created you is with you and he is for you. And the first thing that Jesus taught us to do was to worship him. And the second thing he taught us was to surrender our lives to him. Give it over to him. Because his shoulders are big enough to hold the universe together. Then he's big enough to hold your life together. Scripture clearly says to cast your cares upon him. You're not forgotten. You're not abandoned. You're not alone. The God who holds the universe together holds you. Oftentimes, our response, though, is that we run straight past worship. When our life gets hard and our life gets chaotic, stress-filled, hard to handle, we run straight past worship into uh, commanding and asking God to fix things for us. And it would serve us well to take a step back, take a second, and worship Him first. Because instead of when we focus on God and how amazing He is, and we worship Him, instead of focusing on our problem and our situation, what happens is a lot of times your problem and your situation might not change immediately, but your perspective will. And that may may very well be the next miracle that God performs in your life, is changing your perspective on things. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You. We love You, and uh, we thank You for how amazing you are and how big you are. And God, we thank you for the shoulders that you bear all of our weights on. We thank you that you ask us to cast our cares upon you. And we thank you that you care. We thank you that you love us. And we thank you for who you are and what you have done and what you have created. God, we give our lives over to you. And we give those burdens unto you. We love you and we thank you. Amen. Before we close, let's stand and and worship God one more time. We're going to sing a song. And I encourage you, while you're singing this song, instead of just singing the words, instead of just reading the words and, and singing it, even if you have to take a step back and not sing I encourage you while we are worshiping, actually think about the words that you're saying and what they mean and actually think about God while you're worshiping them.